The reading this morning, as we've heard, is from Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, and it's on page 1168 in the Pew Bibles. And it's Paul accepted by the apostles. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised even though he was Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem... Whatever, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. And this is the word of the Lord. Sorry about this shuffling of bits of paper. It's what I do. (laughs) Thank you, first of all, to all those people, friends and people who don't know me quite so well, who have prayed, because without the prayers of the saints, I ain't going anywhere. So, thank you so much. Um, Thank you too for the reading of God's word for today. Have your Bibles open before you. Um, 1168 in the NIV, if that's what you're using. If you've got your own things, I can't help you. (laughs) Right. Bit of background material. Paul's letter to the Galatians. The first thing you need to realise is that the Gentile, the, the Galatians were Gentiles. Galatia was a big Roman-dominated, Roman-controlled province to the north and east of Syria. If you want a bit of a idea as to where it was, um, these Gentile believers were having trouble. They 
they had been infiltrated, the groups had been infiltrated by Jewish converts to the Christian faith who deeply revered the Torah of Moses. These Jewish believers were quite happy to receive the Gentiles into the church, the commonwealth of faith, but they believed that the rites of circumcision and all the other requirements of Torah must also be applied to these Gentile believers. We can see the strength of Jewish believers' commitment to Torah when Paul went up to Jerusalem towards the very end of his life. Um, The brothers there greeted him warmly. There were thousands of Jews who had come to faith. Thousands. It's difficult to believe that at the moment, but it's true. And they were all zealous for Torah. And we learn at this point that Paul was advised to follow a particular Torah ritual to show to to these Jewish believers that he had not given up on Torah. Now, this is most important. Paul had never taught his Jewish converts to abandon Torah. What he had done was taught them that they could not receive salvation through following Torah. Salvation is by grace, through faith. By grace, the grace of God, through faith in the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ Jesus. That's the only way. Salvation is never by works, lest any man should boast. Paul, Paul, John, James, Peter, nice English names. Let's not forget they were Jews. They were Jews of first century Palestine and they, were, they had all been brought up and their Bible was the what we are call the Old Testament, the Tanakh. Paul never ceased to be a Jew. Following Paul's encounter with the risen Christ. Paul came to understand that in God's plan, Torah was never intended to bring salvation. It was a schoolmaster to look after his people until the Messiah should come and lay down his life as an atoning sacrifice for each one. And Paul actually pronounced a curse on anyone who preached a message other than grace, salvation by grace, through faith in the death of Jesus. Now let's have a closer look at the details of the passage we have before us today. Chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Some 14 years later, Paul went up. It looks like Paul had been there before. We don't know how many times, it doesn't matter how many times. But this time he had gone for a specific purpose. He needed to talk with the elders, the leaders of the Messianic community in Jerusalem, to make sure that the gospel that he was preaching was in line with what they had been teaching. He says he's received the message by revelation. We think, don't we, of the 
road to Damascus and his encounter with the risen, risen Christ. Whether that's what he's referring to, we can't be sure. It may also be partly the fact that through intense study of the scriptures over many years, the revelation that the coming of the Messiah and the work of the Messiah is all there in the Torah. You need to follow that up when you've got time. So perhaps that was also part of his revelation. Um, he, he was... He was I was going to say crafty, but that's not quite a good idea, to, a good word to use, I think. He took with him Barnabas, who was a Levite from Cyprus. So here's a man with good Jewish credentials. And he, Barnabas had long been Paul's companion and his fellow worker, but he also took a Gentile. Most important, Titus. Possibly to demonstrate to the community in Jerusalem the fact of what was being achieved by Paul's mission to the Gentiles. And Titus was not circumcised. Ah, Gentile, not circumcised. Get the message. He later had quite a long career in serving in the gospel. So the purpose of the visit was to present to these elders, nice English names, no they're not, they're first century Jews, the gospel that he, Paul, had been preaching, i.e. the good news, gospel is good news, of salvation without the need for circumcision and, and the full works of commandments in Torah. Unity. The believers, the leaders of the Messianic community in Jerusalem were completely in agreement with what he had presented. They approved of the good news that Paul was preaching. So here's your unity. Paul has only been up to Jerusalem perhaps once, maybe twice before. We know he met Kephas before, but this time he goes to be reassured that he's saying the same message as the Messianic community in Jerusalem. And the Jerusalem church approved. What was Paul's platform? What was Paul putting forward? What was the gospel, the good news that he preached? And we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 exactly what he was preaching. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Christ died, Messiah, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. What scriptures does Paul have? He only has the Torah, Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim, the prophets, the, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. And it's all there. Paul didn't have a New Testament. He's responsible for writing quite a bit of it. So he takes this Gentile and he tests the response of the elders. 
and he was accepted even though he was not circumcised. The elders did not insist on circumcision. That's a good job because otherwise all you guys, I mean really, just think about <laughs> just think about it. <laughs> there is a problem in the church in Galatia. What's the problem? There are some Jewish converts to the faith who are still insisting that the Gentiles must follow the regulations of the Torah, circumcision and all the rest of it. Both the oral law and the written law and the oral law. The written law is 613 commandments. Don't even remember what they were. Um, so these are who Paul calls false believers. They are going round trying to persuade the new converts. They need to take on the full works. So, Paul made no compromise or allowance for these Jewish teachers. He would not allow Gentiles to be bound by the regulations of Torah. And what do we get from Paul? We get a passage that we sang about just now. What I received... This is a revelation of Torah, maybe also something else specific that highlighted it to Paul from the Lord directly. What I received I passed on to you, the Corinthian believers, as of first importance was that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures i.e. the Hebrew scriptures, Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim, the law, the prophets and the writings. Gentiles did not need to become Jews in order to believe in Jesus as the Christ and be saved. And circumcision at that point in time became the issue again around which all of this revolved. It was the key point. It's interesting to note, actually, that some Messianic Jews have faced pressure to become Gentiles in order to be saved. I find that strange, but apparently this is what's going on in some places. What's significant here is that the believers in Jerusalem added nothing to Paul's message. It was agreed that Paul should be a missionary to the Gentiles and Peter to the Jews. And both communities, let's get this, both communities, Jews and Gentiles, are equally precious to God. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. If you look back on the story, it's interesting to note that at first... Peter, remember he went to somewhere on the, on the Mediterranean coast and he was there for a while and he had a, a vision from the Lord. Um, Peter objected violently to evangelizing the Gentiles, Acts chapter 10. And the Lord intervened with a vision and a reprimand. What God has called clean, you must not call profane. And the Lord promptly sent um, Peter 
to a Gentile called Cornelius and his friends who had gathered to listen to the message. They wanted to hear the message. And Peter went. It's amazing the result. Peter preached Christ Jesus. Peter, a Jew, preached Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. What happened? Holy Spirit fell on the whole of the Gentile church. And they were doing And Peter went back to the, the, the people in Jerusalem and said, Look what he's doing amongst the Gentiles. Wow. So Peter had a lesson to learn. And the other interesting thing is, after his meeting with the risen Lord on his way to Damascus, Paul was led to Jerusalem by hand because he was blind. Ananias came and prayed for him. He regained his son and he immediately went and started preaching to the Jews. See, the, see what the Lord's doing? I mean, this is just amazing. Um, we come to the last verse and I looked at that and I thought, oh, what am I going to do with that? There's nothing there. Matter, matter, matter. So I spent quite a lot of time praying over verse 10. What am I going to say, Lord? What am I going to say? What does it say? Paul says, all they, the Gentiles, asked was that we should continue to remember the poor. The very thing I've been eager to do all along. These, these Gentile believers begging Paul to remember the poor. Which poor? Interesting question. So I did a bit of digging. I didn't, couldn't make much sense of what was going on there. And I came across a couple of things which were of interest. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. I'll read it to you. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify, Paul says, that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, otherwise known as the Jews. And I followed it up even further and I went on to Romans chapter 15. These verses are critical. Chapter 15 of Romans, verses 25 to 27. And this is Paul saying goodbye, I think it was to the Ephesian church or something. He's on his way to Jerusalem. Listen to what he writes. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. Now, we can't be sure whether the Lord's people was specifically the believing community. There's 
no evidence to say it was necessarily them. It might have been the Jewish people per se. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. Note what I'm going to read you next. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. Gentiles required to support the Jews. Well, there you go. Interesting, isn't it? How am I going to interpret this? I spent a lot of time on this, and what I might be saying now could be quite difficult. By the end of the first century, these Gentiles had distanced themselves from their Jewish roots. Yes? History records the Inquisition, the pogroms, the expulsion of the Jews from Europe by that famous Protestant theologian known as Martin Luther. Auschwitz. Oh, well, we Brits are okay. We haven't done anything wrong. We're all right. Hang about. There's a book by a man called Cecil Roth called A History of the Jews in England. And he records that in the 12th century, there was persecution and expulsion of the Jews from England. Difficult stuff, that. Think about it. So, here's the challenge to the Gentile church. And there's no reason to suppose that the challenge has changed. Are Gentile believers today assisting Jewish believers, organizations, individuals? If we conclude that Paul's reference to the poor refers not specifically to Jewish believers, but to Jewish people both in the land and abroad, Paul's message remains the same. And I'll leave you to ponder how that might work out. But I have a couple of questions for you. One is a matter for serious consideration. There are many precious, faithful, devoted, non-Messianic Jews who follow Torah. They love the Lord. They serve the Lord in the light of the revelation that they have thus far received. What part can we play as Gentiles to deal with the, in the the light of the historic Gentile persecution of Jewish people. And secondly, how should we Gentiles respond to Paul's teaching? Quote, for if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. And there I rest my case. Thank you.